As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, my name is Ben Standing and I cover the Washington football team for The Athletic. I'm coming to you guys Friday afternoon. Whew! Long 24-hour period uh, for sure. An exhausting one for uh, people covering the team, for the people on the team, for the fans. Uh, What an incredibly insane game that was last night. The Washington football team wins a bonkers game 30-29. I'm sure you guys all know that by now. Taylor Heineke. Steps up big late in the game. Dustin Hopkins misses a 48-yarder but gets a reprieve. Makes the game-winning 43-yarder. The defense still has questions. There's a lot to get to. But at at the base level, Washington wins to avoid an 0-2 start. They are now off for a few days going, getting ready for week three at Buffalo. Going to talk about the game, things that we saw from a team perspective, from a game perspective, and from a fan and organization perspective with uh, my friend, my colleague at The Athletic. He is a former Washington football team beat writer. He now covers the Washington Capitals, Tarek El-Bashir. I'll get to that in just a couple of moments, and I'll also share some notes from this morning or from this afternoon's Ron Rivera press conference after the game, after he's watched him tape. I'll, I'll mention a couple things that stood out about what he had to say. We'll get to all that and more here on the Standard Room Only podcast. You know the deal. You can find us over on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere else you do your podcasting. If you have a sec to drop a, ra- a rating and a review, it only takes a couple seconds. It is always greatly appreciated. Um, and, of course, you can find my work over on The Athletic. And you can follow me on Twitter at Ben Standig. So uh, let me get to a couple of things that Rivera said. Um, l- 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 I wrote about Taylor Heineke last night, and I'll get to him in a second, but um, l- let me start with the defense. And Tarek and I talked about a bunch of these things. We talked a lot about Heineke. We talked a lot about the defense. So I don't want to step on that conversation too much, but in terms of what Rivera said, a couple of things. Um, obviously, Daniel Jones had a lot of success last night with the uh, run-pass options, and Rivera was asked... Kind of what did he think about that after watching the tape? And here's what the head coach had to say about what he saw as an issue uh, for this defense uh, right now. 
it's all correctable, just lack of discipline a couple times. We went diving down inside on the play action where we shouldn't have been. That's frustrating because we prepared for it. You know, something that we've seen in the past. Uh, he has uh, exploited that in the past. Uh, he did it last week and he did it again this week. So that's disappointing. That will be pointed out and we're going to work to correct it because that's honestly, it, it's, it's, it's something that's very frustrating for, for, for us as coaches. I know for the players, because, you know, they're trusting their teammates to do their job. And, you know, we've got to be disciplined enough to do the things we're supposed to. So um, he mentions right there the diving down. And I went back and watched the, um, the, the, the replay of the game. And I definitely noticed that a few times. I, I seem to see um, J- Jones, he ran RPO maybe four or, f- four or five times. I noticed a game Smith Williams to my eyes twice uh, did dive down from the from the outside and and created an, uh, those running lanes for Jones. The big one, of course, was on the Jones fifty eight yard touchdown run that was dialed back to a forty six yard run because of a penalty. Uh, looked like the exact same play almost that 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 the Giants burned Washington with last year, and in both cases, Landon Collins was the guy who um, bit. Who, who moved up to the line of scrimmage. He bit, uh, definitely did so here again to my way of thinking. Rivera didn't name names, but he thought, you know, this is what he's talked about with some play maturity and things that they're going to have to, to have to uh, clean up. Um, you know, w- I mentioned this, I believe in the, w- w- with Tark, but obviously it goes without saying this defense is going to have to play a lot better. Uh, you know, if if they're relying on the offense to lead the way, that's not how any of us imagine this season going, and I don't imagine that is how this season will be going. So they're going to have to get a lot better. Now Rivera didn't seem to you know dwell on it too too much, meaning he didn't say it was like all you know tons of plays as he said right there it was just a handful, a small handful of times. And you know, I think for the most part, what I saw was that seemed to be the case. They did do a better job of getting pressure on the quarterback compared to what happened. Um, in the opener, so that's a good sign there for sure. Now, one thing I noticed as well is um, Washington played a little bit more with some funky formats. Uh, nine times they ran a five-one-five format. I'm, I'm not always positive Cole Holcomb was the was the linebacker linebacker out there, but it seemed like that was the case. Now that stat is courtesy of uh, True Media, the five one five stat. Now, last year, you know, we talked we've talked about this a bit during the offseason regarding the five defensive linemen look, and obviously it makes sense to a degree. Maximize your personnel. You've got the four starters plus Matt Ionitis. You know, makes sense to figure out how do you get these guys on the field. But as I've told you guys before, I think part of this isn't just about the defensive line. It's also about to some degree covering up for their own deficiencies at linebacker. Cole Holcomb is looks like he's a guy that can play three downs right now, but John Bostic, you know, struggles at times. He did yesterday. He had some good plays as well, but was also uh, had to, had some issues. And Jamin Davis to this point has not shown that he is quite ready yet to play significant snaps against the um, against the Giants. Jamin Davis played twenty seven snaps, thirty nine percent of Washington's 69 defensive snaps. Holcomb played every snap. John Bostic played 39 or 57 percent of the snaps. But here's what's interesting. 
take it for what it's worth. I know not everybody buys into Pro Football Focus, and it's certainly not gospel. But Pro Football Focus rated Jamin Davis Washington's number one defender last night in the game. He did have a nice tackle on a third down play uh, inside the 10-yard line uh, to, to prevent a possible touchdown and and I asked Ron Rivera today what did he think and he did he talked he talked about the positives with Jamin Davis that things were progressing in a nice way and I think this is something again to keep an eye on the soon once we start seeing his his snaps tick up it should mean less Bostic and less of needing to do some of these other um schemes to try to cover things up now the 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 515 look I looked this up over on, on true media so Washington ran this nine plays on um, it ran it nine plays against the Giants again out of sixty nine. So not a huge number, but not 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 insignificant. Uh, all first or second down, all essentially on their side of the field, or basically once it got to midfield, that was kind of the the cutoff point. What's interesting is I looked this up, and last year Washington. They didn't run the five one five until week eleven. They did it six in six games from week eleven to week seventeen, and they ran it a total of twenty times. So they basically ran it half of the time they ran it all the last year in this one game. I, from a basic statistical standpoint, I think it was okay. I, I you know there were um, you know some significant gains ten and ten nine thirteen yards, but there was also some some uh, some limited work as well. So anyway, just something just we we've talked about this before. It's not the five defensive linemen necessarily to solely maximize their strength, uh, their depth even though that it would be the case. It's also to hide a weakness and I think that's something we saw uh, a little bit in this game. Um what else here can I tell you? Um he talked to, oh so to talk about the um he in terms of Chase Young and Montez Sweat, uh, David Aldridge asked Ron Rivera, if he thinks that these guys are getting chipped a bit more than, than normal, he thought the, the the coach said he did. He, he seemed to be interested in that question. Uh, he said that he thought the Giants chipped the, the the edge rushers more in this game than they did against the Broncos. Some against the Broncos, but he thought it was more and more than these guys have been getting chipped before. He said the key is if that's going to happen, the defensive tackles need to step up, and Jonathan Allen did just that. What, what Rivera was asked specifically about Allen's play, what what is he attributed to? And he immediately went into that he's getting help from his teammates, which is something also that Jonathan Allen brought up himself last night. But Allen is also having a very good time of things right now. Um, <clears throat> there was one play where Sweat and I, Sweat and Young sort of penned in Daniel Jones. Allen threw his line, his uh, counterpart. Uh, back and and just blitz the pocket from there to get one of his two sacks. He's already got three. He only had two all of last season. So Jonathan Allen's obviously off to a very good start. And lastly, on you know, Taylor Heineke, and again, I don't I don't want to step on it too much because I talked about about this a bunch with Tark. But one question Rivera was asked was about, hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick's out. He's going to be out for a bit. Could Taylor Heineke actually just flat out win this job? And obviously, it's an it's a too early of a question, right? Because you know, it's only been the one game now, the one start, I should say. Um, this is a new year, um, and who knows what the world's going to look like in you know, <laughs> look in a week or two, let alone seven weeks. Uh, Fitzpatrick and I were 
I reported this as, as did some others yesterday that he is of, going to avoid surgery at this point. Um, he's expected to miss about eight weeks. So basically they're looking to get him back sometime around the week nine by week. They play Tampa in week 10. So I'm eyeing that Tampa game is where we could see Ryan Fitzpatrick back, which means there's several weeks to go with, with, with Taylor Heineke. If he can stay healthy in as the quarterback and who knows what the world will look like then there's a, there's a long way to go um, with with this journey. It is a fascinating one regardless, and hopefully it's one of these times where people can enjoy the ride and not overthink it. That includes myself. We'll see how that goes. In any event, Rivera had no interest in really discussing the idea of could he win the job, said it's, he's just viewing this all week to week, which honestly is probably a reasonable take, even if it is some coach speak uh, there. So uh, kudos to um, oh, kudos. kudos to Taylor Heineke. For a strong performance, I, I wrote he was the focus of my story last night. You can go check that out on The Athletic. Um, but right now, I want to get to my conversation with Tarek El-Bashir. Again, we, we broke down the game last night. I watched it from the press box. He gave us the fan view from home, but he has covered this team, so he knows what's going on, um, what it's like to, to be in these situations like I was in last night. And he's you know been around this team long enough to know the uh, the, the significance of that game and also just how wild it was, even when, for reporters who have seen a lot of these kinds of games over the years. So we'll get to all that with Tarek Bashir right after this. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right. As promised, joining the podcast, a man who has been in the FedEx field media, um, media, what do we call that? Press box many times who I guarantee was thrilled. He wasn't there last night because <laughs> that was not one of those games as a writer you really want to deal with. You want to enjoy it and sit back. And he got to do that. He is the the uh, Capitals insider for the athletic Tarek El-Bashir. Am I right about that? You're thinking to yourself, boy. That would be a real suck suck game to have to deal with at the end with all those twists and turns. And I'm just going to sit here on my couch with my drink of choice, my, my snack, you know, whatever it is, and and uh, just just have fun as, as a consumer of, uh, of football. Yeah, I, I definitely felt for you guys last night, uh, just like with the Ravens game and, you know, <laughs> put their uniforms back on and finish a game whenever those types of things happen at the end of games. And, you know, we've seen it over the years. Um uh, it's really, really hard on deadline. It you know it extends an already long day for you guys. Uh, but uh, but I'll tell you, man. I I it was, yesterday was a funny day for me. Around like five o'clock, I had a little freakout moment. I was like, wait a minute. I wanted to watch the football game tonight, but it says NFL Network and this 
bargain basement streaming service my wife has talked me into doesn't have NFL Network. Oh, no. So I started freaking out. I didn't realize it was going to be on uh, WTTG as well. So for a minute, I was like, how fast could I get in my car and drive around the Beltway and get to FedEx Field? And can I buy a scalp ticket? There's no one there, right? I, I didn't get a ticket. So I thought about it for a minute, and then I pulled up the radar because I'd heard there were some storms, and I was like, "Oh yeah, never mind. I got to figure, I got <laughs> to figure this out." Um, thank goodness it was actually on TV. Um, well, also like traffic, like I I drove out there like three three thirty give or take, and traffic was already not great. And some people were telling me it was taking them like two hours. Yeah. To get in, so. Um, yeah, my wife drove my son to hockey practice in uh, about sixty miles away, and it took took them over two hours and it's normally not nearly that bad um but i mean it paid off man i mean sitting in all that traffic dealing with the rain dealing with the weather i mean that was easily the most exciting washington football game washington football team game i can remember in the last few years right i mean it's way up there i'll tell you like one of the ones that comes to mind is the game that you were associated with the uh do you like that um yes game because yes. cousins brought them way back and then he walked into the after the game that might have been the last that might have been the last one that was that exciting i mean look ben as professionals look we've seen every type of ending we've seen every outcome we're trained not to really cheer for the for the teams that we cover or we're associated with or we're but i screamed at my tv multiple times last night you know in the fourth quarter i mean i hadn't really gotten that amped up over over a uh, <laughs> over a sporting event probably since the olympics over the summer and and I, I used to say that like when i would cover a wizards game if you want to know what happened in the last you know three four minutes of an nba game don't ask me because uh, you're trying to you have to write like especially if you file the deadline which i didn't last night but still you gotta like you know keep your copy going while this is happening in the nba obviously you know play after play after play oh, after yeah. play the NFL, is, right, the NFL is not a, as like that, but last night there were four scores inside the final 450, <laughs> the, 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 you know, the, 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 the missed kick by Hopkins, um, you know, the, the fact that, you know, Heineke, uh, you know, the two play drive, starting with the pass to McKissick and the great touchdown pass to Ricky Seals Jones, they get the stop. He threw then Heineke throws the, the brutal pick, like the twists and turns that, that, that were going on there. Uh, really, it was just an off the charts game. And, and to your point of the excitement, I mean, I think, you know, we're, we're all going to talk about it. Is Taylor Heineke the answer at quarterback um, for this team and not, you know, we'll, we'll hold off on that for a second. But he definitely the way he plays and his energy, he's going to have more of these games. I mean, it's like he and Ryan Fitzpatrick have the very similar vibe that, you know, we have to come up with a name for Heineke that's not Fitzmagic, but something like that, because he's going to be the guy who comes up with these uh, moments. I mean, it was covered like that. We just said last night, he has the two play t- touchdown drive, then the interception, <laughs> then he drives him down the field for the game, for the game winning field goal. Uh, it, he, there is just a, something about this guy. It's what draws the players and coaches to him. And also it makes for this high wire acts feels like at all times. You know, when I first realized that he had that it factor. Uh, and I just, I, I'm, I'm too lazy to think of a better way to, <laughs> a better way to describe the it factor. But when you've been around pro athletes and high level athletes for as long as you and I have, you just know when someone has it and when someone doesn't. And for me, that moment was when Chase Young jumped on his back and was pointing at his nameplate. You know, I was like, okay, when there, there is a legit superstar pointing at the nameplate of another man going, this dude has it. You better pay attention. 
um, a, a guy who had just showed up for 10 seconds. Like if you had said to me, does Chase Young actually know what his name is yes. without looking mm-hmm. at the name on the back of his jersey? I'm not confident. No, I don't know. <laughs> he might have been reading it for the first time, but he was definitely going, hey, everyone, look at this dude. This dude can do something. Right. When he, he's, when, he's, when he does the whole Heineke, that might have been thought yeah. he, you might have thought that's how it was pronounced. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, look, I I'm I've been around long enough to know that you can't crown this guy a 10 year starter after what, four games, you know, um, uh, one start this season. Um, but in the handful of games he's gotten into for the football team, he's, he's, he's got a, he's been really good. He's been very accurate. I think he's over 60% passing in those games, you know, buck 20 uh, QBR. I mean, he's, he's been very good. Um, you know, that said, being good in, at the highest level of your sport, it, it's about being consistent and being consistently good. Um, uh, I mean, how many times have we gotten so excited about someone only to find out that they really are what we thought they were coming in, which is, you know, a, a backup. I mean, let, let's remember other teams don't have a whole lot on this guy. Um, you know, defensive coordinators get paid a lot of money to figure out opposing quarterbacks. Let's see what he looks like six, seven weeks from now. If he's still, slinging the ball around the, the, the yard the way he's doing it right now um, and still winning games. And, okay, now we can start thinking about, okay, maybe this is the guy, you know, just, just a Cinderella story who got overlooked by everyone else. And, um, you know, he can be a starter for a number of years in this league. And you can start kind of, you know, instead of, uh, you know, building your, your plan around finding that, that, that uh cornerstone quarterback okay we got that guy now we can continue to augment around him I feel like right now the plan for for the Washington football team Rivera's plan is to you know kind of build the the building blocks and then when the when the quarterback makes himself known whether it's in the draft or some other then they plug that guy in and they should be able to take off I mean that's what it feels like to me I mean well that's yeah that's exactly what Sorry, that's exactly what Rivera has said. Now, whether that's what he's saying, because those are the circumstances, they tried to get Matthew Stafford, it didn't work out. And then once it happened, they're like, okay, yeah, we're, you know, you can win without having that, you know, without having some superstar look at recent uh, teams that have been to or won the Super Bowl. And there is something, there is some truth to that. You look at uh, Nick Foles and Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo have been in Super Bowls recently. So yeah, there's something, there's something to that for sure. there's the consistency and there's also can, can he stay healthy there's been some there's been some of those issues i mean this is a terrible comparison and people are probably going to kill me for it but do you remember jeremy lynn remember how crazy you know is another guy who came from he wasn't a, he wasn't at alabama or a top level school and everyone's like oh look what this guy can do then you get hurt and now the teams that you're you know, the, the, the team starts to you know um as you're working your way back starts to move in another direction and maybe give more attention to guys who have more pedigree and then boom you're out of, you're out of the game right? like you have to do this for for me before I crown Taylor Heineke I've got to see this for at least the rest of the first half of this season if not longer before I'm ready to say okay all right we got something here uh, you can start. You can start focusing on other parts of the program because you, you you got a signal caller. I mean, what's so wild about it is, um, it feels like Taylor Heineke has not been in our lives forever. But I mean, you know, really, it's you know the, the Tampa game was this calendar year. This was only his third career NFL start. He you know he has now been in four games for Washington, but you know the first one was Week um, sixteen 
last season. I mean, it, you know, he hasn't even he hasn't done that much. This is not even I don't know if we've reached small sample size yet. I guess we're at that point, not beyond that. But at the same point, every time he comes in, he just makes plays. Here's what here's what I kind of think at this point with him. Like, I, you know, everybody, myself included, just keeps saying, no, he's not the answer. No, he's not the answer. Just look at, you know, all these teams passed on him. He doesn't have the prototypical size or arm strength. And look, even in the game last night, he had a bunch of throws that were high. You know, he had the one terrible interception late, and there were other plays. If you had told me he'd ended that game with three picks, I'd have been like, sure. I mean, seems seems plausible. But at the same time, I mentioned <clears throat> sort of the Ryan Fitzpatrick of it all. Like, nobody thinks of Ryan Fitzpatrick as a NFL starter that you want, right? I mean, even here, he's the guy this year, but it wasn't like anybody was going, well, they just solved all their problems. They, they, they upgraded from where they were, but they didn't solve their problems. Maybe that's where we need to look at Taylor Heineke. Forget whether he is ultimately a true starting quarterback. Is he? A, can he be Ryan Fitzpatrick? And I can think he to, be the placeholder. I see what you're saying. Yeah, or, or, or a guy that you can use. And I think, especially if everything else is working, I think to that end, the answer might be yes. They're very similar. Now, obviously, Fitzpatrick's a bigger quarterback just from a size standpoint, and is more adept at throwing the ball down the field. And obviously, he has way more experience than Heineke, and that's why he was the guy. But you know, the way Heineke plays, he gives you, just like Fitzpatrick, he gives you a lot of energy. He'll give you that puncher's chance to succeed. And that's not that's not a bad place to be when you don't have another option. What happens when the other DCs have four or five, six, you right. know, games, game, uh, you know, games to watch and can now, you know, zone, you know, hone in on tendencies and start to take things away from him and start to make, you know, make things that he doesn't do well, you know, something they're throwing at him on every down, you know? So I, that, that's, that's where that small sample size for me comes in. Um, you know, that's not really, and that happens in every sport. I mean, every, every rookie who comes in and, and does something well, you know, there's an adjustment to the adjustment and you know, can, can, you know, can that happen? Um, that's, that's what I have to see. I, I have to see what he's able to do against also let's remember this was a giant, right? I mean, let, let, let's see what he does against, against a really good team. And this is a team right. that is what I think I just saw a crazy stat like 0 and 2 for the fifth straight season. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, the Giants the Giants have their own problems. And just to sort of, I mean, obviously we can talk about Heineke till we're all blue in the face and we will the rest of this week and who forever, however long um this keeps going. But I think one thing that was interesting about their performance last night was, you know, what so far what we've seen with Heineke is this guy who's gonna run around a lot who's going to be, you know, he uses his legs, you know, good. He's, he, he is fast. He's, he's agile. He can make plays that way. And we saw a little bit last night, but he, he largely stayed in the pocket and made plays from there. And that was a, you know, that was, I'm not saying it was inconceivable that he could do that, but it wasn't part of his, the, the, the high part of his uh, playing resume. And we saw that last night that he could win uh, from the pocket. And uh, you know, uh, he, he made some good choices. You know, one thing that's been said to me, um about this guy is he you know uh look we we know he's smart in the sense that he was taking these classes at odu that to this minute i still don't even understand what level of math he he was taking but he's obviously <laughs> got he's obviously got some intelligence beyond beyond football but that his that translates to football smarts for him he's got really good anticipation which is how he makes up for not having the strongest 
uh, arm in the world. It's like, this was sort of the thing with like a guy like Drew Brees, not the big, again, not comparing to Drew Brees, but not the biggest guy, didn't have the biggest arm. I think I saw a stat that Jameis Winston threw a touchdown pass the other day, like 50 yards, and like Drew Brees, or like when he air 50 yards, and like Drew Brees never had one of those. Um, so Heineke gets, he, he, he makes up for what he lacks with anticipation, with smarts. He audible to the, to the run on for the JD McKissick touchdown run. And on that Ricky seal Jones touchdown, which was an insane throw, you know, you watch the replay. He's looking up to see the Logan Thomas. He said the Heineke said the that was third or fourth read, right? Yeah. The, the safety yeah. dropped down. He takes yeah. a quick look at seals Jones on the right scans back really briefly to see Gibson on the left, then goes all the way back to seals Jones and makes the main, uh, that great throw. So, you know, there are intangibles there that, you know, make well, up for the things that people say he doesn't have. It, well, in addition to the intelligence and, and the things that you just mentioned there, I, I mean, the one thing that also jumps out to me is poise. I mean, here's a dude who was, you know, literally, what, uh, a few weeks from hanging him up. And he's, he's now starting an NFL game, um, you know, several months later. And he just looks cool and calm and collected. Like, he, he never looked jittery to me. He just and, and that's important for a leader. Um, you know, the, the, the quarterback, I mean, as we know, I mean, that's the most important player on the field. He's also an important person on the sideline when, when you're pacing around and yelling and screaming, I, you know, you can, that projects on the rest of the team and he just doesn't have that. He's just like, you know, I, I like the fire from when he slammed his helmet down, but then the camera caught him a few, a few moments later and he just had this look in his eye, like, okay, all right. I, 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 I let my frustration out on to the next play i gotta figure out you know if i get the ball back what am i gonna do and um um you know that kind of um like i said it it projects on the rest of the team and you know they start to believe in you and i i do think he has some intangibles um if he turns out to be a a guy who can be a permanent you know full-time starter in this league i mean how dumb are the other 31 general managers gonna feel if they passed on this dude i mean even if he is just the uh, a, a backup i mean what what we've seen yes, now I, is, that's what i meant i mean yeah so, i mean even a legit quarterback in this league right that's what i'm saying like if he if he can be the ryan fitzpatrick the guy that you can have to bring off the bench always is going to give you a shot i mean i said when they when they lost fitzpatrick that my take was look obviously it's a blow on a basic level because fitzpatrick is a more known commodity even if he is somewhat of a wild card but that I didn't feel it was that much of a drop from Fitzpatrick to Heineke. The question is, can Heineke stay healthy? And, you know, again, he's just inexperienced. And like you, I agree, there's not enough of a book on him yet on the NFL level for the other teams to completely say, okay, here's what we need to do. We're taking advantage of or take away or whatever. So um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be all kinds of, uh, all kinds of fascinating. Um, Just to, to, to get back to the game. So obviously you know, again, the wild 450 at the game. Carolina kicks a field goal to go up six. In two plays, Heineke goes all the way down the field um, to to put to give to put them up. Uh, the Washington defense gets a rare stop. The Giants, I think, at that point, uh, I don't have it in front of me either. They had scored on four their, their first four possessions or first five. I think it was first four. Um, so they get the stop. Washington gets the ball back under three minutes to go. <laughs> don't screw it up. He screwed it up. He throws a pick. Rivera said he should have thrown it into the flat to Gibson. And watching the replay, Gibson was definitely the the, the play to make. Instead, he throws it inside to McLaurin. And there was a, a, a defender that sort of got in McLaurin's way, not allowing him to sort of run where he needed to. Heineke throws that way the interception by James Bradbury. 
his former teammate at Carolina. And then he comes did, did back. Did I see somewhere? Sorry, did I see somewhere that uh, he, he that Heineke thinks that Bradbury might have just kind of um, he, he knew what was coming there, like maybe hadn't seen the play, but just kind of was able to read some keys on body language or other things and was able to jump the route. Yeah, that's what he said. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just interesting. Yeah, um, for sure. And then, um, you know, so the, he gets the ball back. Rivera, you know, we asked Rivera, like, what was your message to Heineke going into the last drive? He said, don't screw up. Um, I saw it. Anyway, gets them all the down the field. And then we get to Dustin Hopkins. I mean, look, all kickers to a degree, it feels like, you know, you never know how this is going to go. But Hopkins has had that vibe this whole time. Now he, you know, he made three out of four kicks last week. And the only miss was like from 55 yards. He had made his two kicks earlier. He, he, he goes from 48. I just don't feel great about Hopkins from, from distance at this point. I, I don't know how you can. Anyway, he misses the 48-yarder, and you're just like, wow, 0-2. We can say whatever we want about Taylor Heineke and what and whatever, but like 0-2, and, and only for the Giants to get called for an offside. I'm sure you – obviously, you guys saw it on the TV last night. I couldn't really see it from where we were sitting. The press box is like the far – the opposite end of that. But seeing the replay later, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly – uh, you know, I, I t- it's a, it, the guy right over center. I, it didn't look like Cameron Cheeseman moved the ball, but there was like just a, 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 a hint of he's about to snap it. And Lawrence, the, Dexter Lawrence, jumped the snap. They get the penalty. He 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 boots it. Although uh, uh, Hopkins' second kick looked dicey for a second. It was like a it tee shot going. It looks like his head is sort of rough, <laughs> and then it veers. A veers slice back on it. <laughs> yeah, veers back in just uh, just in the nick of time. I mean to go from where they were to be 0 and 2 for at least two games at home going on the road to Buffalo to pulling out a, a win like that and you feel so much better going into this you know mini bye break essentially for them i mean what a insane turnaround uh emotional turnaround that they that they had right there you know there there are there's so many turning points in a in a season um and you never know when you're going to get to them. I mean, and but th- th- this was one. I mean, things could have gone could have gone horribly, horribly wrong for 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 this fran- I mean, for this team. I mean, zero and two. Now people are you know questioning the the the, the quarterback positioning their uh, quarterback position. They're uh, really harping on the defense. You get a win, and all of a sudden, you know, okay, the defense wasn't great, but we can you know. We got we got a long we got fifteen games to go to get this sorted out. Um, it, it just changes the whole vibe. Um, and, and and like you said, I mean, it, this isn't a you know going into a bye week, but it is a bit an extended break. It just gives everyone a lift going back into the building, getting back to work. You know, in a day. Um, uh, you, you know, it just it, it's 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 inspiring, and you just hope that this can kind of um, you know build some momentum for this team. So all that said, we just kind of went through the good stuff and the in the wild stuff. On the other hand, the defense struggled um, yet again. It wasn't as egregious as it was in week one against Justin Herbert, where they literally couldn't get off the field on third downs uh, or, or apply pressure. They did a better job of applying pressure uh, c- compared to, to week one. Um, the something to the akin of the, they, 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 they pressure Jones like over 40% on his dropbacks. And I think in week one, it was around 10 or 12% against Justin Herbert. We saw John Allen had two sacks, Chase Young and Montez Sweat were, were more involved than they were 
last week. But again, Dan, you know, when we talk all this offseason about, oh boy, here comes all these great quarterbacks that this team is going to face this year. Not on that list, Daniel Jones, but you wouldn't have known it last night. Daniel Jones put up a really good performance, both as a passer, the RPOs where he was running were just, you know, crushing Washington. It almost feels like maybe they should have run more of them because um, I, I went through them and maybe I missed a play somewhere, but like for the most part, they, I mean, they all gained yards and for the most part they gained substantial yards, including a 58 yard touchdown run by Jones on the exact same play. He burned them last year with Landon Collins biting uh, inside and Jones runs outside, except that on this one, uh, Giants get called for a, a, a holding holding yeah. down the field, negating the touchdown, and they settle for the field goal. It was that the Giants also had that 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 Darius Slayton is wide open down the down the field. He's he's his balls in his hands in the end zone, dropped it. I mean that's uh you know they they had to settle for a field goal there. So what's that? It's a eight points basically just on those two plays that the Giants um botched that to help Washington. Um, it, it, you know. And all the people who said Washington is going to be one of the top contenders in this league this year, it's they're doing it based on this defense stepping up. If if they have to rely on Taylor Heineke to score thirty points a game, right. this team is in trouble. Um, but, you know, so uh, the defense is going to have to do a lot better. I imagine. Well, you know, I'm talking to you right now. Ron Rivera is going to talk to us in a little bit. I imagine he'll have some choice things to say about the defense, and also I'm sure he'll point out some of the positives, like I just mentioned. But they're going to have to play a lot better going forward, starting with, uh, you know, at Buffalo against Josh Allen uh, on uh, Sunday. Or they got to get off the field. Sunday. They got to get off the field on third downs. I mean, th- that's just a back-breaking uh, uh, problem for them right now. And, and I, you know, I watched the game, you know, with a pretty critical eye last night, not the way you did and, and your colleagues in the press box did, but just – I, 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 I need to I need to watch them a little more carefully here over the next couple of weeks to get a better feel for for, for what's going on defensively. But I, I just feel like um, I mean, the third downs are just their bugaboo right now. And, um, it, you know, I, I didn't see a whole lot of sophistication. It, it seems like it's a lot of bread and butter. And and when you got that many, you know, high end players, I would like to see a little more you know, get after the quarterback, pin years back and, and get after the quarterback. But, but you know, um, again, you know way more about this defense than I do. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a problem because, like you said, I mean, this is, a, this is a, a Washington football team that does not typically put up 30-plus points. I, I, I want to say it's like one time a year and <laughs> Heineke just did it. Um, you can't count on him to, to, to carry the team. He's not that guy. At least right now he's not. Yeah. Um, I mean, and whether, you know, to some degree, whether he is or isn't like th- that's a, sort of a separate issue. It'd be amazing if he's, if he becomes that guy, but this defense is supposed to be, you know, one of the better ones in the league. I've stated all along. I think they were over, over, overstated that they were a top five defense based on last year's statistics for all the reasons we all get with the backup quarterbacks. Right. But at the same point, you got to be better than, than, than what they've shown. And, you know, like I said, they made Daniel Jones look, pretty good i mean give him credit he made some good throws and again he probably should even had better stats if slayton um catches that pass and his and his uh his running touchdown for 58 yards actually uh counts um you know again i thought the defense the defensive line did some decent things you know william jackson i i'd need to see the all 22 the all 22 for anybody who cares it's been uh 
it's been delayed. We'll just say for reporters. So haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but, um, and I don't, I mean, either game yet. Um, but at the same time, um, the, William Jackson had a couple issues. He, he was beat on the slate and touchdown that he did catch. He was the closest defender we could see on screen on the one that slate and dropped. So they're going to have to get some better work there. I mentioned Landon Collins got burned on that um, RPO and, and Chase Young was from what I could see was out of, was not was not super disciplined in a couple of plays the Barkley long run chase young looks to me like he jumps inside leaves the leaves the um the lane open and Barkley uh takes it so this defense is going to have to get a lot better now again it is early in the season and that's the great thing about what just happened I'm not saying they don't have to fix these problems they definitely do but the getting the win l- lets you breathe a little bit because yeah. you know because yeah. if you go zero and two it it is a lot more uh, tension filled week, a lot more anxiety. You could just tell just being around people yeah. with the team that they were, you know, definitely an exhale moment, uh, <laughs> for, uh, for, for sure. Um, l- let me ask you this. Now you like, like me, you grew up here. Uh, you don't have to cover this team anymore. So, you know, you can get back to some of your, uh, childhood fan to me kind of stuff to some degree. There were 50,000 people there last night, roughly yeah. according to the mm-hmm. attendance. Um, it was a good crowd in terms of the people that were there were, <clears throat> were loud. I don't know how it came across on TV in the press box. We're behind this like, like bulletproof type glass to some degree, really yeah. thick glass. you can't kind of hear a ton, but it seemed like a really good, a really good crowd, but the, the lack of people there is pretty noticeable. And, you know, I just keep thinking for all the, you know, because I'm dealing with this all the time and you hear people talk about it, about all this positive momentum that's happening. If you believe it on and off the field, at least off the field with Jason Wright type stuff. Yeah, I know so many people just feel completely checked out who who glee who gleefully tell me that they don't care about this team anymore, that they're into the Nats or the Caps or whatever, and that they don't care. And when you see the the stadium essentially, you know, I don't know if it's not half empty technically, but fairly empty. The upper bowl last night, the, the upper decks last night were seemed pretty empty. So it's going to take a minute to get people back. But like, what do you as like, you know, I mean, how do you how do you see the that component just the idea of like you know there's there's multiple aspects here there's the winning and the losing and winning will cure a lot but you got but but right now there's still a lot of a lot of damage to uh to to overcome there's so many layers ben i mean like you said it's been you know two decades of of mostly disappointment um it's the fact that the building you know um for a lot of the area is just kind of in a far-flung area. It's just, it's hard to get to if you're not from Prince George's County. It's just, there, there's traffic. It's the Beltway. On a, on a primetime game at night, you're fighting rush hour traffic. Um, uh, you know, the, the building is not appealing either. I mean, it, like, I've never walked in the FedEx field and gone, man, this place is pretty sick. You know, the way you do it, like Lambeau Field, where there's history and there's, you know, it just is aesthetically pleasing, you know, FedEx field just looks like it was, you know, kind of built quickly on, on a budget, which it was. And, <laughs> you know, there's not a whole lot, not a whole lot of charm to it. Um, and, and then there is, you know, the fact that everyone's got, you know, 65 inch, you know, 4k televisions now, and you can see things and the experience from home is better. And don't forget, Ben, we're in a, we're still in a pandemic. I mean, there has to be a portion especially of the older, you know, fan who just, you don't want to put yourself around large crowds of people yet. So, you know, you tell me there were 50,000 people there or an announced crowd of 50,000. 
you know, I, I know the crowds have been bigger and have come back stronger in, in other places around the NFL. But um, uh, I don't know, as a lifelong Washingtonian, it, it doesn't surprise me given, like I said, all the different layers and, and uh, uh, challenges that, that, you know, the team faces in bringing people to that building. I mean, I thought about it for a minute last night, but, uh, but again, you know, there was, there was the rain, then it was the traffic. And then it was, you know, I live in Ashburn, Virginia. I live near the facility, but I got to go all the way around the beltway. Um, I, and, you know, I talked to, you know, other hockey dads and, you know, people, you know, friends of mine and, you know, they haven't been to a game in a while either. These are folks that were, you know, diehards years ago. Um, to me, Ben, I think it's going to take, a new building with more charm and more amenities. And it's going to have to be in a place that's easier to get to. Um, uh, it's going to have to be a place where, you know, it, it draws you there. You know, it's just not some cookie cutter building in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's going to have to be, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, a destination of something, something you, you want to go see. Um, and then they got to win and then they got to win as well. I mean, you, you know, once we get out of this pandemic, if we get out of this pandemic, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, I, I do buy a little bit of, of the stuff that they're selling you where there is some positive momentum. I do feel like things are moving in the right direction that Ron Rivera is changing the culture has changed the culture and that things, you know, that, that there are blue skies or at least less cloudy skies on the horizon. Um, I think the building is going to be a big part of that. I mean, I'll tell you this, I don't cover the team anymore. Like you said, you build a big, you build a new building and you put it somewhere, let's say in Washington or somewhere in North, I'm going Northern Virginia, or I, I, I don't know, um, you know, what other places are, are uh, in the running, but I'm going, but Landover is hard for me to get to. And I know the people that I'm close to, you know, live on either side of the Potomac. It's far, it's far for people, even in Montgomery County. Uh, it's also, you know, it's not the greatest building. <laughs> I mean, it's, no, it's, no. it's definitely bottom third, if not further down in terms of, uh, you know, places, uh, buildings to watch a game um, uh, in the NFL. I've been to all of them. Yeah. yeah except no. for, except for Vegas. <laughs> oh, well, you can, you can work that out this year. Come on. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, obviously the stadium is going to be a huge deal. That's obviously not for another six years. I mean, maybe even if they announce it soon, that could get people, sort of excited to know it's coming but yeah i mean I, yeah, the whole the stadium is a whole other topic and where to put it is really uh, fascinating and tricky for a lot of reasons that you just kind of said in traffic last night was a disaster i mean to have a game with rain during rush hour uh just really and it wasn't you know again it wasn't even a sellout but um it was a you know so a lot of people and it was a uh, traffic was was a uh, was a nightmare and yes you're right about everything you said the the, the fact that people have the big screen tvs at home the fact that we are still dealing with COVID, um, you know, you know, you have to wear masks. We have to wear masks in the press box because of the, 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 the county rules for indoor and, and, you know, even walking around certain parts of the stadium you do as well. So yeah, that's, that, that cannot be uh, ignored for sure. Um, it well, didn't look empty. It didn't look bad on television. I mean, I, I wasn't necessarily focused on it, but I feel like the camera angles made it seem like, there were people in the building. You, you know, I, I don't recall like that big overhead shot where, you know, it looks like the upper deck is totally empty. It might've been, but I, I don't recall seeing that on the broadcast. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, before, uh, before I let you go, um, you are of course the, the, uh, 
the foremost uh, Washington Capitals authority um, in town. You're about to get busy with all that's going on over there. Um, there's obviously people who give a crap about that team that listen to this team. Um, you know, the one thing I'm fascinated by is obviously Ovechkin. He's, you know, he's going to chasing more milestones. Um, you know, I think at this point we've reached a point in his career where you gotta, if you haven't been appreciating what he's been doing all this time, you really need to do it now because we don't know how much more time he's going to have left, at least playing at the level that we're kind of used to. Um, and then of course there's part of the question is like, what, whenever he walks away or whatever, you know, who's the new guy in town and Chase Young's one of those players who, uh, you know, if, if he can, you know, live up to the hype, who's got that, who's got that chance. Although if Taylor Heineke keeps doing this, he might be the runaway. Uh, <laughs> oh, settle down, Ben. He might be the runaway winner. Um, <laughs> what, um, but all that said, give me, give me the quick, uh, give me the quick take on the caps. What, where, what, what are we thinking here going into uh, going into this uh, season? Well, on paper, Ben, they're not a better team than they were last year. Um, they're a, a, a team that's still got some star power. That star power is a year older. Um, you know, they, they lost a top four defenseman in Brendan Dillon that they had to trade away to Winnipeg to, you know, create enough cap space to resign Alex Ovechkin. Um, so I don't know if you can make the argument that they're better, that they're closer to, to punching through again, but this team still has enough star power and enough veteran players who are still playing well enough at this part of their career where they are a threat to win the division. And as we know, the NHL tournament is the most random of all of them. Um, you know, the best players are on the ice for 45 seconds at a time. It's played on ice. There's weird bounces. Goalies get hot. There's bad calls by the officials. It really is. That really is kind of the mentality is, you know, um, keep the group together, keep augmenting, you know, kind of nibbling around the edges and adding what you can, you know, based on the salary cap. And they are up against the salary cap once again, and try to punch through one more time. If it doesn't happen, sit back and enjoy watching Alex Ovechkin try to chase down Wayne Gretzky over the next five years. Um, uh, that that really and, and we and I think everyone who follows this team knows that we were we were kind of going in this direction. That it, it, we were going along the same direction as the Los Angeles Kings, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Pittsburgh Penguins. The difference is those teams got multiple cups before they got old and, you know, faded away. Uh, the Capitals only got one. Now we say only one. We always say it's the hardest trophy to win. They got one. I mean, it's still a big deal, but I think, um, you know, 20 years from now, if they don't punch through one more time uh, and, and make another deep run, there will be a little disappointment that a team that had as much talent as this group did, you know, didn't get a couple didn't get multiple cups, didn't get two cups um, or more because they, they really did have that ability. Um, but I, I, I think that, you know, this is another team. This is, a, this is an, another year where they're going to be challenging for the Metro division, uh, division title. I don't feel like the teams in the division got a whole lot better, um, uh, just like them. I, I think a lot of teams at the top end, like the Capitals, are maxed out cap-wise. You know, the cap did not go up for the second straight year because of, uh, you know, because of COVID. So, uh, you, you know, moves that maybe would have been made otherwise, just teams were not able to do it. So um, it'll be a good regular season. But like with, with, with this team, the last decade, it's not about the regular season. It's not about getting another Metro division title. It's what happens when you get to, to the tournament, when you get to the postseason. And, um, you know, if, if you're if you're a Cats fan, you just got to hope that they got it in them one more time where the stars align and, you know, 
everyone's healthy. And remember, they were so banged up at the end of last year and in the postseason. Everyone's healthy this year and uh, playing well at the right moment. And you get the right matchups and boom, you're in the conference finals. And now anything can happen. Anything can happen. That's the way. That's how you got to look at the Capitals. That's how you got to look at the Washington football team with Taylor Heineke under quarterback. You just never know what's going to happen. All right, Walt Tar, you, uh, you, you know, you, you, you stepped in here. You haven't been in, uh, on the beat for a minute, but nobody would know that based on that 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 insight. This is why you need to uh, pay attention to him on the Caps beat. That's a beat he really knows inside and out, and uh, he's uh, you, you go follow him there. Now, as always. If you're going to subscribe to the athletic, just subscribe to one of my articles, not Tarks. But then, go re- but, but then, well, go I need re- subscribers too. Eh, you know, get your own podcast. Uh, <laughs> but but you can read us both with one subscription anyway. Uh, Targ, I definitely appreciate it, man. Course, uh, man. Enjoy- oh, by the way, is there anything people need speaking of the cat? Anything you've got coming up or anything people should be uh, taking a look at? Well, um, the most recent article I've got, I've got on the athletic is uh, kind of handicapping which players might be selected to participate for their, uh, in, in the Olympics for their, their homeland. Um, the capitals are always well represented. Uh, they will be well, well represented again. I kind of broke them down in, into different tiers. That was kind of a fun little exercise. I think there are a couple of names on there that might surprise people that uh, uh, players like Tom Wilson, who might actually get a look from, from Canada because of what he brings to the ice. Um, rookie camp starts tomorrow. Um, I'm going to have a piece up uh, here in the next few hours, kind of setting that up and training camp uh, starts late next week. And then we're <laughs> it is seven months to the sprint to the finish. So uh, it's about to get fun after, you know, an off season of writing about, you know, um, uh, prospects and other things that are semi-interesting. It's about to get really good. So tune in. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk. Cool, man. All right. Uh, many thanks to Tarek El-Bashir for his time. Of course, go read him over on The Athletic. He does a great job covering the Capitals. He is easily the dean of that beat and should be the one to follow there as they get ready to start a new season. Uh, and again, you can follow me on Twitter at Ben Standig. And um, that's it for now. I am exhausted. It has been a long day. Didn't get much sleep. Nobody wants to hear about it. I'm not complaining. It is the, it is the gig. But I'm going to go find some coffee. So that's it for now. Ben Standig signing off. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back next week for more on this here podcast. But until next time. <laughs>